Good morning. And so don't panic, don't panic. It's me, Dave Jane. No fire, no emergency here this morning. Just, uh, and believe me, if there was a fire, if there was an emergency, this is the last guy you want showing up. Okay, dressed like this. If there was a fire at your house and I showed up, I'd be very worried. Uh, I think it could work out looking something like this. firefighter outfit this morning is because I want to kind of use it to set up an analogy of what I want to talk about, and um, it's this idea. So, so you know, firefighters, they, um, they fight fires, they save lives, but when they're not out in the field doing the stuff that they do, they're back at the fire station. That's what we call them in England. I think you call them firehouse, fire departments, um, but there is a place that they congregate and gather. And in this place that they congregate, uh, they, they eat together. I know here in Washington, we have a volunteer fire department, but some of the larger cities, they have full-time firefighters, and uh, they will be on shifts, and they will spend hours at a time in that firehouse. And while they're there, they'll eat together. They might play some games together, card games. They, uh, they work out. They do training. They take care of the equipment. There's a lot of good things that they do when they're gathered in a firehouse. But ultimately, the reason they're there it's because when that bell rings, when that siren goes off, they will jump into action because there is a job to do. There is a fire to be put out. There are some lives to be saved. So can you imagine if a bunch of firefighters were sat around one day in the firehouse and, and the bell went off and they were playing a game of cards and they were like, ah, oh, we want to finish this game. It's a really good hand I got here. Let's, let's, just, let's just finish this hand really quick. Come on, let's, let's play out this game and then we'll go figure out what the bell's for. Okay, that, that just wouldn't happen, would it? Imagine if um, one day after this bell kept going off and ruining their really fun uh, games together, one of them finds this wire that leads up to the bell and says, hey, if we snip this wire, we'll never have to put up with that bell again. It'll be great. We'll be totally undisturbed. We can hang out. We can eat. You know, we can enjoy our time together. That would be crazy, wouldn't it? Because as much fun as I think it could be to be a firefighter and to hang out and to build relationships like that, there's really only one purpose they have, and that is to go out and to, to deal with emergencies, to fight fires. And the reason I use that analogy is to kind of talk a little bit about the church. This morning, I'm going to take this off right now because it is incredibly hot, which... Uh, Makes no sense, because if you're fighting a fire, why would you wear such a hot jacket? Can I have something cooler, you know, with like cut-off sleeves or something? Surely that would make more sense. Maybe not. Um, again, why I'm not a firefighter. So, so of course they're going to respond when the bell rings, because that's what they're called to do. So as a church, we, if we're not careful, we can kind of get into this little bit of a trap that that, that, that analogy kind of alludes to, that we've been called for a purpose, a mission, now, there's nothing wrong with, with coming every Sunday and, and learning, learning more about the Bible, learning more about uh, what Jesus uh, has to teach for your life, um, fellowshipping with one another, having friends, drinking coffee, donuts. But, but if, we, if we're not careful, we'll get caught up in this, this kind of trap, this idea that this is what it's all about, that what happens here for an hour on a Sunday morning is what it's all about. But actually, there is a bell ringing this morning. There is a community that we're a part of, 
And some of your friends and some of your neighbors and maybe even some of your family members, they don't know Jesus. They haven't got a relationship with Jesus like maybe you have this morning. And I feel the heart of our, uh, our vision, our mission here at Connect Church is to equip one another, is to, to get to a place where on a Sunday we come and we feel equipped, but our goal is to go out and to share this news with others. It's not just a group of firemen all coming together to hang out. It's a purpose to go out and to save lives. So we started Connect Church about four years ago, September 2013. And and at the very heart of our mission, our vision, we came up with this phrase, and it was this, to connect our community to Christ. Why are we called Connect Church? Because we believe that we've been called as a church to connect our community to Christ. Now, here's the thing. We didn't sit around a group of us leaders and say, okay, we're going to start this church. What should we do? What should be our goal here? What should be our focus? And one of us said, I know. We should connect our community to Christ. And someone's like, dude, brilliant. I can't think of a church that's ever thought of that. That's great. We'll be cutting edge. There's no church that's ever. Because really, this kind of is the heartbeat of every church. I think really at its core, every church that calls itself a church of Christ would be um, at the heart of their vision and values and mission would be to connect their communities, to reach people for Jesus. And it's not because we all had the same good idea. It's because this mission, if you look at it, can actually be traced back a couple of thousand years to Jesus himself. You see, we can read about the life of Jesus in the New Testament. There are four, um, four letters, four books that you can read written by four different authors by the names of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And these four gentlemen, they all wrote the account of the life of Jesus. They told us about what he taught. They told us about the miracles that he performed. They told us about the relationship he had with his disciples. They told us about the fact that he, um, his life came to an end on a, on a cross that he was crucified. They told us about the fact that he, he rose again. But as well, they told us about his mission. In fact, it was Matthew, one of the four, who uh, tells the, uh, the account one day of how Jesus and the disciples are sitting around and they're kind of having a conversation, just you know, talking about life and stuff like that. And uh, Jesus just says to his disciples, hey, you know, I know all the crowds out there. You, know, you get to be amongst the people. What, what are they saying? What, what do they think? Who do they think I am? So I was like, yeah, it's crazy. There's so many crazy things. And some people think you're John the Baptist. I know, it's crazy. We've met John the Baptist. Obviously not John the Baptist, but, but some think you're Elijah, the prophet from, from years ago. Others have said other prophets. And I think they were probably chuckling at the different responses that people were having. But then Jesus suddenly says, what about you guys? Who do you think I am? We can read about it in Matthew chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. Jesus asked them, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter, who was one of his disciples, he answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now this particular verse, it's quite a famous verse and um, it's actually a little bit controversial because it can be interpreted one of two different ways. Some believe that what Jesus was saying here was, you know, what you just said, Peter, that statement you just made, 
on that statement, on that confession, I'm going to build my church. That's how some people interpret that. And, and I think they're, um, uh, you, you can interpret it that way. Then there are others who interpret it a little differently. They actually think that what Jesus was saying is, Peter, you are the person on whom I will build my church. The Catholic Church, for example, will trace their heritage right the way back to Peter because they believe that the church was built upon Peter, upon this, this confession here in this passage. And it's been a bit of contention there. There's been some debate over the years as to what really was Jesus saying. But this morning, I want to kind of push that debate to the side just for a second because whichever of the two you believe, there's still one thing that Jesus was saying. He was saying, I will build my church. It's like a mission statement. Jesus is saying, hey, I'm here to start something. There's a movement that is going to begin as a result of me being here on earth, and it's going to be called the church. And for hundreds of years, thousands of years, people, followers of Jesus, will gather in my name, and they will be known as the church. You're here this morning on the back of a statement that Jesus made 2,000 years ago, I will build my church. And we are a church in Washington, Illinois, built upon the vision of Jesus, who said that he will build his church. So we know that Jesus wanted to build a church, and that's why we started Connect Church. We felt this was part of Jesus' vision to build this church, to see it grow um, across our community, across the world. But I think... You can learn from looking at the life of Jesus that it wasn't just to build the church, but within the church, there was a purpose. That within the church itself, there was a purpose. Now, there are actually many purposes. You could read through the New Testament and you can read about the very early church, what it looked like. It was a place where new believers came together. They took communion together. They grew together. They prayed for one another. They, they helped each other's needs. They grew and they learned together. A guy by the name of Paul, you can read about him. He wrote letters to a lot of these brand new churches, helping them because they were brand new, trying to figure out what it means to be a follower of Jesus. But at the very core of the church is this one statement that Jesus made. If you were to pull everything away, you'd be left with this one statement. And the statement we find, it, it comes out of a time when Jesus met a guy named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, or Zacchaeus, it can be said a couple of different ways, but um, this guy, Zacchaeus, he was a tax collector. And he heard that Jesus was coming to town. Now, tax collectors were despised in that day. They were the outcasts of society. They were looked down upon by everyone, especially the religious leaders. The religious leaders just thought, man, tax collectors are the worst of the worst. So one day Jesus was coming to town and a big crowd lined the streets to see Jesus and Zacchaeus. He was a very little man. A very little man was he. So he climbed to the top of this sycamore tree. If you're familiar with the little um, Bible school song. He climbs this tree and Jesus comes into town and he stops at the bottom of the tree and he looks up and he says, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to talk to you. I want to meet you. I want to go to your house. I think the religious folk were probably looking on thinking, oh, Jesus, you've missed it. If you knew who he was, if you knew that he was a tax collector, you would be like crossing the street, staying as far from his him as possible. But this was no mistake. Zacchaeus was exactly the person that Jesus wanted to see. So he comes down 
And Jesus goes to his house. We don't know what took place inside the house, but we do know that when he came out, Zacchaeus was a changed man. He gave back money that he'd stolen from people. He made up for losses, fivefold, tenfold. I mean, he was a different person altogether. And Luke, who tells the story of this, says this. He says, Jesus responded, talking about what's just happened in the life of Zacchaeus. Salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man, here it is, came to seek and save those who are lost. The son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. This was the mission of Jesus. He said, this is why I'm here. You guys turn your noses up at this tax collector, but that's exactly who I'm here to meet. I think the religious folk were thinking, well, if he truly was the Son of God, he'd want to meet with us. But the truth is, Jesus came to seek and save those who were lost, to reach those who who weren't religious, who didn't follow after Jesus. And I think he's still doing that today. That's why our mission here at Connect Church is to connect a community to Christ, to seek and save those who are lost, to share with those who don't know Jesus the wonderful difference he's made in our lives, the transformation that we've experienced in our lives as a result of this relationship which we have with Jesus. We want others to know about it. But the problem is, Connect Church, like any other church, if we don't stay true to that mission, if we don't keep reminding ourselves that that's our vision, we can drift We can drift into kind of being comfortable and relaxed. And after four years, we've seen that happen. We've seen that happen a little bit from time to time. You know, now we're excited to be coming together and we, we gather together and it's great. And it's good to come here on a Sunday and it's great to be with friends. But before you know it, we kind of get a little bit comfortable and we're like, you know what? That's, that's my seat. I can see he's new and it's great that he's here, but he's sitting in my seat. That's where I normally sit. And I think that guy just took the last donut with sprinkles. I know he's new, but does he not know that I don't do cake donuts? Okay, that's all that's left. I'm kind of getting fed up with these new people coming. They're really kind of moving in on my... Uh... And if we're not careful, we can get into that kind of trap, can't we? That we just kind of, this, this is for me. And the church that Jesus was talking about building was a church to seek and save the lost. And here at Connect is to stay um, true to our vision to reach those outside of here. Let me illustrate it another way. I had this other um, thought for an illustration. So... Um, I, there may not be any farmers here this morning. If there are, welcome. Great to see you. But um, if you're a, a farmer, just here in Washington alone, we are, we're just right on the edge of a farming community. And if you head towards Peoria, it's kind of built up. But you go the other direction, out towards Eureka, and it's just fields and farms. And, and we're in a very kind of rural area. So you may, may remember this store that used to be in Washington. Okay, It was called Tractor Supply Company. This is where the farmers would come to buy their gear. Okay, so farmers would come into town and they'd buy equipment and tractor supplies and uh, they would buy seeds and, and all sorts of different things. I'm not sure exactly what all they sold. Um, I was thinking about it. I think I only actually went to the store once when it was open and it was to use the restrooms at Good Neighbor Days because the porta potties were pretty gross. So I went in the store and used their restrooms instead. But this store, it was a supplier for farmers. You know, they would go in and they would pick up all the stuff they need. Now, wouldn't it be weird if one of those times I went in, or the one time I went in, um, if I went in and there was a farmer there, and um, I kind of walked in and I could see him, and he he bought a bunch of seed, and he was just standing there in aisle seven, just kind of throwing it down the aisle. 
making a real mess. I think an associate will go out and say, sir, so what do you think you're doing? And the farmer will be like, well, I'm just sowing some seed. I thought I'd plant some in here and just see what happens. It'd be crazy. The guy would be like, uh, sir, I'm, I'm very sorry, but uh, you're really missing the point here. You need to take that out of here. <laughs> That's to go back to your neighborhoods, to your community. You have to plant that in your own fields. It's not going to work to plant it in here. But as silly as that sounds, I think if we're not careful as a church, we can kind of fall into that, that same kind of trap. That what we do on a Sunday, we feel like it's just for a Sunday, whereas actually it's just equipping us, it's just preparing us so that we can go into our own fields and our own communities. And the seed that we receive on a Sunday morning, when we hear about um, someone like Joseph, who we've been talking about for the last few weeks, it can be a great way for God to speak to us in a situation we're going through to challenge us in our lives. But it can also be a great way for us to go out and, and share with a friend. Hey, let me tell you, we've been talking about this guy, Joseph, and it's really helped me get through the situation. And I'd love to share with you and, and tell you what Jesus has done in my life. And, and that's our purpose, is that God is sending us out to share that news with others. You see, um, I was at a, a conference earlier this week. It was a church planning conference, and I was hanging out with a buddy of mine, and, and he, he, we were talking about this whole idea. He says, Dave, he goes, I always like to think of it this way, and he, he kind of read these two lines to me. He says, you invite non-believers into community. You invite believers into mission. What he meant by that is there will be people um, who we know, maybe you're here this morning, and that's awesome if you are. You are so welcome here because you may not yet know if you believe in Jesus or not. You're still kind of trying to figure this out, and uh, we are so glad you're here. I hope and pray that this morning you feel welcome, you feel that you can belong, and you feel like you're part of a community. There is no pressure here for you to make any decisions. I hope that you'll come again and again. I do hope that you will um, come to find and discover the same Jesus that I've discovered and the difference he can make in your lives. But in the meantime, we want you just to feel like you are part of a community that you're welcome. But if you're here this morning and you are a believer, then, then hear what I'm saying. We're, the challenge for you this morning is mission. The challenge for you this morning is, hey, we're not just here to be a community with one another. We're here to be challenged, to be sent out. We're on mission here. God has, has put some people in our lives who we can share Jesus with. That's why I kind of feel like my role here at Connect should be the CEO, okay? The CEO, not the chief executive officer. That's Jesus, okay? I'm the chief evangelism officer, Okay, the chief evangelism. Now, evangelism is a simple word that just means um, sharing with others or, or telling others about Jesus. So I feel like it's my goal as the lead pastor to make sure that we stay on target, that evangelism is our North Star, then anytime we kind of look, go off track a little bit, I'll course correct and I'll get us back to our true North of sharing with others. And it's my goal to make sure that anything we do, anything new we do at Connect, any changes we make, that they all flow through that lens. They all kind of go through that filter. So a few years back, we were one year old. We went to two services. You're in our second service of the morning. One of the reasons we did that was because we felt like by having two services, we can reach more people. There could be some people who don't yet know Jesus and just don't enjoy getting up early. So why would we say, no, if you want to know Jesus, you've got to come at 9.30? <laughs> some people like to kind of take it easy, you know, have a bit of a, a, a slower morning, come at 11. Now, there are some who have to be here at 9.30 because they've got to be home in time for football and they've got to be set down and you'll still be home in time for football today. Don't worry. We march in the homecoming parade. We wear our shirts. We love doing it, 
But part of the reason we do it every year is because we want to send a message to the community that we love being a part of the community, and we'd love it if you came and visited. We want to connect our community to Christ. The offering we took up earlier, do you know as a church, we actually set aside 10% of every penny that we get in our offering. And we don't spend that on any of the ministries here at Connect. We've made a decision very early on that that 10% is going to be used to help plant other churches around the country and around the world. So 10% of what you give every Sunday, you're actually helping to spread the name of Jesus to other communities in America and communities around the world because we believe that we've been called to be a part of this mission to seek and save those who are lost. So why am I spending a whole Sunday reminding everyone of this? Well, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I'm doing it. Because four years ago, we planted Connect. Four years ago, we planted Connect. It was a Sunday. It was September 8th, 2013. It was a great morning. Uh, We had a room kind of full of people, and it just went great. I think it was the second week. Okay, so we've had our first week in the middle school. Things great. I think it was the second week. Someone walked up to me and they were like, oh, Dave, love being a part of this uh, connect. It's great. So when are we going to get a building? I'm like, so right there, I just slapped that person in the face. (laughs) I didn't really. But I wanted to because in my head, I'm like, dude, we've we've, we've two weeks. Because what I heard the person saying was, when are we going to build him? When are we going to be a real church? When are we going to stop this, you know, kind of school stuff? And when are we? And I graciously kind of explained, and I've explained many times, you may have heard me say this on a Sunday, that a church is more than just a building. That we are the church. That at the very beginning, um, we are so thrilled that we could be in a middle school and we could save resources. That um, it, it means we can run a lot more lean. We have money for ministry. We have money for staff that we wouldn't have had in the very beginning when our resources were a little bit lower. So we loved it. But the reality is, as awesome as it's been for the last four years, meeting in this middle school, it's come at a bit of a cost. We've faced some challenges that other churches don't face. We've had to be creative at times. You see, there are seasons in the life of a church planter. We're in the very first season where we're actually a little bit more, a little more scrappy, a little bit more resourceful. We've had to use a little bit of what I call redneck ingenuity. We've used a lot of duct tape over the last four years, okay, as we've set up and torn down and had to be flexible, and and that's the season we're in right now. We've had to overcome some unique challenges that not every church needs to overcome. I've been here on a Sunday morning in January at 7 o'clock with a blowtorch on the padlocks of the trailer because we couldn't get the key in them. They were frozen shut, frozen solid. Not a challenge that every church faces. Every summer, we have these wonderful Father's Day cookouts. We're outside. It's just a great service. All the adults are under the tents. Do you know we have to be out there because the school has to re-wax the gym floor. So we have no choice. So we're like, hey, when you got lemons, let's make lemonade. We'll have an outside service. We have no plan B. If it rains that day, there's nothing. There's nowhere we can send the adults. The gym is off limits. So we are like, Jesus, please. There are farmers praying for rain, saying, God, why aren't my prayers being answered? It's Dave Jane, sorry. (laughs) He's praying for his Father's Day cookout. (laughs) We've had to be flexible. We've had um, nursery workers come to us and say, "Uh, sorry, but all the wet wipes are frozen (laughs) because we forgot to not take them out of the trailer. (laughs) So we've had to get new wet wipes quick because babies don't like frozen wet wipes. 
Four of the hinges on this screen have had to be replaced. We tear this, we fold this up and unfold it every week. Four, there's only about eight hinges off the screen. Eventually, this will be a brand new screen because we keep buying new hinges to put it back together again. There was a Sunday that when we got done second service, I looked out and there was an entire basketball team stood at the back. They'd got the time wrong and they were here and their game was due to start in 20 minutes. We tore down so quick that week. I wish they'd come every week. We'd get things done so much quicker and packed away. We've had to be resourceful. We're in that season right now, but we don't mind. We're okay with that. This is true of any new startup or, or entrepreneurial endeavor. We'll do whatever it takes to establish ourselves here in this community. But then there's this natural progression that takes place. A season that you enter where you know it's no longer time to just rent. It's time to, to buy or to build. There is a time when, when in the life of a church plant, you drive a stake into the community. You put down roots and you say, we are literally going to move into the community. We are here to stay. For us here as a leadership team, there has never been a physical time. It's not like there's a calendar in our office and there's a, a day in the future with a big red circle around it. And that's the day we're going to do it. We've just stayed open to God. We said, God, this is our desire. We would love to have a, a permanent location one day. And God, we don't want to do it too soon, and we don't want to do it too late. We want to do it in the right time. We know, God, that you have a great opportunity for us, a great plan for us. So please show us. And if you're on our email list, you would have got an email this week saying that we had exciting news to share with you this morning. And the exciting news is we think, we feel, we found the place. Yeah, we found somewhere that we think God is kind of leading us towards that will become our permanent location. Now, here's the deal. This isn't a done deal. I have to be honest with you this morning. There are still some T's need crossing and some I's need dotting. And if it were up to me, I'd wait until it was in the bag and then I'd share it. But fortunately, I've got some very wise leaders and staff members who have come to me and said, Dave, why wouldn't we share this with the church? Why wouldn't we share this and allow the church to be a part of this journey with us? Say, hey, this is, this is kind of the direction we feel God's leading us and we feel really good about it and it's not a done deal yet, but as a church, let's pray together. Let's start believing that this is God's plan and let's start to pray that those hurdles that we still have to overcome, those, those hoops we still have to jump through, that things all go smoothly and we'll be able to look back and say, God, this is a miracle. We can see that you answered our prayers. The way this opened up and the way these things that had to happen happens, only you can take credit for that. So we found a property that we believe would be ideal for us as a church to be our permanent location. We're excited because it's an existing building. That means that um, the cost with, with developing it is a lot smaller than having to buy land and build a complete building out of scratch. And it also means we get to, to kind of move into an area that's already here. We've spoken with the owners of this property. They're interested in selling it to us. But it's not that simple. There are some details that still need to be worked out. There's some details with the city that we've got to work out with regards to zoning and ordinances. And, and we're going through all of this right now. We're praying and we've had some situations where we're like, oh God, please let this work out. And it worked out. And then another one, please let this work out. And we want you to be part of that journey with us now as we pray for these last few hurdles to be overcome and for this to become our permanent home. So you'd probably like to know a little bit more about the location, right? 
Some of you are like, Dave, just cut to the chase. <laughs> Tell us, show me the money. <laughs> so would you like to see a picture of the building that we're looking at? How would you feel this morning if I told you you've already seen the picture? Let's pull that slide back up, shall we? That is the building. <laughs> that is the building. So let me tell you the story real quick, and uh, I'll explain how we found ourselves at this place. So first off, in the four years since Connect Church has launched, I bet I've driven by this building hundreds of times, and hundreds of times I've been like, oh, God, that would be a great building. <laughs> that would be awesome. If you've lived in town a long time, you'll remember this used to be Walmart, and uh, Walmart just don't build buildings in obscurity. They tend to build them in a really easy-to-accessible place in the middle of town, so it's just a great location. Then they, before they moved out to Freedom Parkway, this is where they were. And the building came up for sale, and actually some people in town bought the building. They heard that we were interested in it. That entire building is 75,000 square feet, but the portion that Tractor Supply used to be in is 22,000 square feet, and that's perfect size for us. So we came to the, the guys that own this building and said, would you, be, would you consider selling us back a portion of the building that you just bought? They said we would. So we've been in conversation with them. We've had to talk to the city about what it would take to uh, repurpose it to be used for a church. If we can pull up that second picture, you'll see just some, uh, some good views there. If you're familiar with the building, you'll be very familiar. This is the side we're looking at. So there's a lot of work still to be done. It's not even a done deal yet. But I want to bring all of you this morning into this process with us so we can pray together as a church. Because I'll be honest with you, I'm excited not because a building will do the work for us. A building's just a tool. But this is a great place for us to have a permanent location. Right in the middle of town, great parking. If you know our heart at Connects, this isn't going to be something that'll just be open for two hours on a Sunday. There'll be stuff going on here all week long. And what a great place in Washington to have a building where there is stuff going on all week long. It's right on the very edge of Good Neighbor Days. We're very involved in Good Neighbor Days every year, the fair that comes through. So we're super excited about this opportunity. But like I say, it's not a done deal. So you can pray with us. So for that reason, we're not going to go public with this statement yet. We're not going to have a big Facebook post or anything like that. Um, obviously, we have no problem if you tell your, your friends and neighbors. But, but this isn't official. So it's not like, hey, guess what? We've bought this bit because we haven't. Um, and there are still some things. But this is what we're working towards. And uh, we want, as a church family, you guys to be praying with us. Eventually, everything that we do at the Connect Center and everything that we do here on a Sunday morning will all end up in this building. This will be our permanent church home. And as we close out, we're going to say a prayer together. But it's funny, I had this one last thought, even as I was preparing my message this week. You know, that this was a building, tractor supply company, where, where farmers came, where they bought tools and supplies and seed to take out, to plant in the fields, and to see a harvest come. I believe God's saying to us, this building again will become a place where people will come, seed will be sown, it'll be taken out, and fields and crops and harvests through our lives will grow in this community. It'll be a place known for sending out, a place known for growth, a place that's known for, for, um, for building all around in this community. 
So we're going to pray together this morning as we close out. I'm going to ask, uh, we don't normally do this, but if you wouldn't mind, would you stand up? We're going to just kind of all pray corporately together. You don't have to pray out loud. I'll pray, but I thought it'd be good if we kind of stand together to say, yep, I'm in on this prayer. So Father God, we are incredibly excited, God, at this opportunity that's presented itself to us. Lord, I believe the timing is right. Lord, I believe just even so far by some of the, the things that have happened, doors that have opened, just opportunities that present itself, everything that's happened up to this point, I just see your hand on it. And that excites me, Lord, because this, this is a bigger um, project than Dave Jane can handle. This is a bigger project than the leadership team at Connect can handle. This is something that, God, in your hands will be truly miraculous. And we know, Lord, that a day will come where we'll look back and say, wow, isn't it amazing how this happened and that happened? And we're in this building now because of this and that. And we'll just be able to see you, Lord, at work in it. So, God, we pray for the coming weeks and months as there are still some um, things to be sorted out with the city and with the owners. We pray that everything will go smoothly. We pray, Lord, that your name will be glorified in this community. We thank you, Lord, for the reminder this morning that it's not a building that changes people. It's you, Jesus, shining through us. Lord, we thank you that this building will give us some opportunities in this next season of our life that we've not had before. But we thank you, Lord, that we don't exist for the building we exist for the vision that you've put in us to connect our community to Christ. May we do that everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen.